Welcome to Cornerstone Assembly of God's weekly sermon podcast. Thanks for joining us. You can head over to cornerstoneaog.com to find information on different ministries that we offer. Thank you for downloading. Now I think it's time we listen to this week's sermon. You act on it. Change doesn't happen if you don't do anything, right? Um, I have a dog. And she is super stubborn. Her name is Bella. I mean, she, for who's the youth know, or young adults, some of you guys know, if you're sitting on the couch, right, just relaxing, Bella will naturally just hop up on you and just be all over you. And you go to push her off. She's so stubborn, she starts leaning back into you. And she'll even get closer. She's like, oh, you're going to push me? Well, I'm going to get closer now. There's these things online. Um, Karina, will you put that first slide up? which is awesome. God gave me this message last night, and then these guys were able to put together that video and the PowerPoint for me. So if you could put that first one up. There's these things online. You guys probably, some of you guys have seen it. It's, um, I don't even know what they're called, like a meme or something like that, where there's a stick figure. It looks like this, and it says, this is Jesus. Jesus is caring. Jesus is loved. Jesus is forgiving. Be like Jesus. There's other ones that will say, this is Bob. Bob is awesome. Bob is cool. Be like Bob. Well, we made one for my dog, Bella. This is Bella. Bella is stubborn. Bella is obnoxious. Bella is pushy. Bella is annoying. Do not be like Bella. Do not be stubborn. God wants change to happen in your life, and it's not going to happen if you are stubborn, if you're not willing to change. Me and Josie, we've been doing this workout program called Insanity, in which insanity, if you guys don't know what it means, it means doing the same thing over expecting different results, right? Well, Insanity, has anybody ever heard of the program Insanity? It is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Me and Josie will do, we'll skip a video and do the same one, which is completely an oxymoron what the program is about because they give you like 12 videos or something like that, and you're supposed to change up the workup every day so you get muscle confusion, which it will cause growth. But me and Josie... There is the, uh, the shortest video they have. Everyone is about 30 minutes to 15 minutes, but they have a 17-minute video. One week, we did that one every day, the 17-minute mi- one. But the thing is, doing the same thing over, though, it's not going to change our bodies. The reason why Insanity is set up to have different workouts on different days is to cause growth to happen. Just, in our li- just like in our lives, God causes change in our lives so that we can grow. So the opposite of change is staying the same. Um, Another killer of change is procrastinating. Anybody procrastinators? I'm a huge procrastinator. Just ask Josie. Uh, Cat litter, I will not even touch you. I think she's given up on the idea of even asking me to do the cat litter because I'll just let the dogs go in and eat it. (laughs) I'm not even joking. The dogs eat our cat litter, which is the best ever. the meaning of procrastination, though, means delay or to put off. That's my favorite part about procrastination, is putting it off, hoping most of the time that Josie will do it for me. <laughs> like laundry. Guys, you guys hate doing laundry, right? Who, what guy loves doing laundry? This is your... Guys, guys. Girl, girls don't do love it, but they'll do it, though, right? They'll do it, and that's what... Guys know this, so we procrastinate, hoping to put it off. Same with... Um, for me, at least, is an oil change. I hate it so much where I just go pay for it to get done. And Josie, will, this is how lazy I am. I'm not even going to lie. She'll ask me to go do the oil change. And 
couple months later, have you done the oil change yet? No. And all I got to do is drive it into the place, and they do it for me. So I'm hoping to procrastinate, and I'm, I'm letting all my secrets out, so now Josie's going to know. Just hold on a little bit longer. That I procrastinate, hoping to put it off so she will do it for me. And we all have areas in our lives that are like that. We hope to procrastinate long enough that God will change his mind and have someone else do it for you, or we do it our, or have um, or have God do it Himself. Um, Proverbs chapter three verse twenty-eight. It says, "If you can help your neighbor now, don't say come back tomorrow, and then I'll help you. Let me help you." This is what this means. It means do not be lazy. That's what that verse is talking about. Do not be lazy. We expect change and revival, but we don't want to do anything to help it. We, we pray for revival. We pray for things to change. We pray for miracles to happen. But when God tells us to go do it, we don't. We're like, ah, God, if I can just sit here in my chair a little bit longer. If I can just, I know God's telling me to lift my hands right now, to surrender during worship. But if I can just wait one more song, maybe God won't want me to do it anymore. We procrastinate. We also make excuses when change happens when God wants us to change. The definition of excuse, one of the definition is to be released from the duty. Um, I feel like we procrastinate so that we can be excused from doing stuff. Like I said, the laundry, another one for me is the dishes. I hate doing the dishes. If you come to her house and there's no dishes in there, it's not because of me. It's because Josie put all the dishes in there. I've done it like once since we've been back into our own house. That sucks, I know. I'm terrible. But excuses, we all have them when God is asking us to change. And it's, you see this all throughout the Bible. And I have two examples for you guys. One is Moses. God called Moses to lead Israel out of Egypt to be delivered for revival to happen, right? The people of Israel were praying for revival, right? Moses was, I mean, you could tell Moses was praying probably for revival because when he went to, uh, when he seen an Egyptian whipping a Israelite, he went and saved him, right? He knew that his people were oppressed. So then when God comes to Moses and says, okay, change is going to happen, but I'm going to use you, he starts throwing up excuses. Exodus chapter 3, verse 10 through 12. It says, now go... For I'm sending you to Pharaoh. This is God talking to Moses. I'm reading all the NLT. Now go, for I'm sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people Israel out of Egypt. But Moses protested God. Here comes Moses' excuse. Who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? God answered, I will be with you. And this is your sign that I'm the one who has sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this mountain. Moses' second excuse, verses 13 through 15, but Moses protested again. If, if I go to the people of Israel and tell them the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they will ask, what is your name? Then what should I tell them? God replied, Moses, I am who I am. And you guys can continue reading that verse later. Another, he, you know, here's, he throws out another excuse to God. Exodus chapter 4, verse 1 says, but Moses protested again. What if they won't believe me or listen to me? What if they say the Lord never appeared to you? 
then once again, God gave him another answer to the excuse. And too often, just, we're just like Moses. God tells us to go do something, but we give God an excuse. Oh, God, I, I don't speak good. I'm shy. I don't have enough money to help people. We give God these excuses all the time. Exodus 4, 10 through 13, he says, But Moses pleaded with the Lord, O Lord, I'm not very good with words. I've never been, and I'm not now. Even through you have spoken to me. I get tongue-tied, and my words get tangled. Then the Lord asked Moses, Who makes a person's mouth? Who decides whether people speak or do not speak? Hear, hear or do not hear? See or do not see? If it not I, the Lord, now go. I'll be with you as you speak, and I will instruct you in what to say. But Moses again pleaded, Lord, please send anyone else but me. Another person who gave excuses in the Bible is Gideon. Um, Judges chapter 6, 14 through 15. It says, Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you, but Lord, Gideon replied, here comes his excuse. How can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I am the least in my entire family. See, the thing is, when God said, go, he said, I will be your strength. So God's not sending us, or he doesn't ask us to change without him being there, being our strength to help us get through that change. So, you know, he tells Gideon, hey, Gideon, Go do this, go, go set revival, go make revival happen, and I'm going to be with you. I'm going to strengthen you. I'm going to help you. But even though God said that, Gideon gives God another excuse. Gideon replied, if you are truly going to help me, show me a sign to prove that is really the Lord speaking to me. What's funny, when I, when I read that, I'm going to read it one more time. It says, Gideon replied, if you are truly going to help me, show me a sign to prove that is really the Lord speaking to me. See, what Gideon was doing, he was questioning. And the, some of you guys are like this. I know I'm all the time. I was last night. I was questioning God, like, God, is this really, do you really want me to change the message that I felt like I got from you two weeks ago? I even got the title of the message about a month ago. Lord, do you really, I'm questioning him, just like Gideon was. Gideon was questioning that he was hearing from God because we, it's funny how we question things when it causes change, but if God asks us to do something that we're comfortable with, we don't question, we're like, oh, I'm hearing from God now. But we question when change happens. Um, I remember down, say, when I was at BTI, we would get all these assignments and stuff, and I was laying in bed one time, doing, just writing a paper, and I got really bad anxiety. I mean, terrible, where I'm like, Lord, I cannot do this. I know you've called me to be a minister. I know you've called me to preach, but I, I hate getting in front of people with a passion. I just, I, I'm super shy. I don't like talking in front of people, maybe a couple people. I remember my first time when I had to um, preach in front of the youth group when um, – you guys, you might remember, Brandon Wilkins, he was my youth pastor and one of my very first mentors. He's, he asked me, he's like, do you want to preach a five-minute message? I'm like, yeah, because I knew God had called me to preach. But when I got up there to preach, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm shaking. And all I had to do is preach for five minutes. That is it. Five minutes felt like hours for me up there. 
because I was really shy. I had, so when I was down in school, I had bad anxiety. But the thing that got me through is I knew God had spoken to me. God, is, God was causing me to change, get out of my comfort zone. Um, I got a quote for you guys, and it's from Elevation Worship Team. It says, qualifications only get you so far. A calling, with complete and for, a calling will complete and forever change the direction of your heart. Qualifications are based on where you have been. A calling is based on where you are going. Qualifications depend upon you. A calling depends on, upon the one calling you. Qualifications are based on your performance. A calling is based on God equipping you to carry it out. Qualifications might get you a job, but a calling will see you through a divinely given task that only you are made to do. Sometimes our excuses is, I'm not equipped, I'm not good enough. Like for me, when I was sitting there having anxiety, one of the things I was having anxiety with is, Lord, I do not, I'm shy. I don't like to talk in front of people. I'm not really a good speaker. But here's the thing, 1 Corinthians chapter seven, chapter 12, verse 7, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 21, it says, strengthen completely and perfect and make you what you ought to be and equip you with everything good that you may carry out his will while he works in you and accomplish that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ the Messiah, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. See, when God causes you to change, he's going to equip you with the things you need to change. He's going to put you in front of people and places where you need to be for change to happen. The funny thing is um, that, I'll read this, Malachi chapter 3, verse 6. And this, is to de- this verse is to deal with when, uh, to go back with procrastinating or giving an excuse to God. When, you know, God, let's say, Aaron, God has called you to be a minister. And you're like, ah. So he, Aaron's pulling a Jonah card. He starts running. He doesn't want to do it, right? And he's procrastinating, hoping God will change his mind. But check this out, Malachi chapter 3, verse 6. six. I'm the Lord, and I do not change. So God's going to hold you to that thing he has called you to do. It's because, and the reason is, um, you are uniquely made to do certain things and to reach certain people. It's like me and Neil. We both play guitar. We both are gifted in playing guitar, but we both play the guitar differently. We each have our unique style that God has given us to help the worship team, to help usher in worship. See, God has given each one of us a unique ability, and God will put us through change to develop that. Um, sometimes the problem we have is letting go of things, too. We're creatures of habit. I hate, I hate it, but I don't in, ch- in certain things in changing. Um, I feel like I'm pretty flexible, but at the same time, we all deal with those things that we can't let go, right? When God says, okay, it's time to change, and then it's like you got that thing you're holding on to and you can't let go. Romans chapter 6, verse 7, for when he died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. Um, whatever, sometimes we don't want to change. I'll use the example of Aaron again, that God has called Aaron to be 
a minister, a pastor, but Aaron has this addiction to something, whatever it is. Make up an addiction for me, Aaron, so I don't accidentally point one out. If you have any, give me something extreme. Alcohol. He is an alcoholic. That's pretty extreme. <laughs> but God has called him to be a minister, but he hold, because he's holding on to alcohol, he feels like he can't be who God has called him to be. The thing is, though, according to Romans verse 6, or chapter 6, verse 7, it says, For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. So Aaron is set free from alcohol, but the thing is, he's still holding on to it. I believe it was Pastor Brennan who was talking about this a couple weeks ago, that God has delivered us from stuff, but we are the ones that are holding on to the things that we're addicted to still. 1 Peter chapter 1, 13-14 says, So prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then. See, what's cool in that beginning of that verse is, so prepare your minds for action. Because in order for change to happen, we have to act upon it, right? So for Aaron, he's been set free of alcohol, right? He needs to prepare his mind for action and say, I'm not going back to that because I am free from that. I'm not going to go back to that because it's selfish of me now to go back to that. We've got to prepare our minds for action. We've got to prepare if we want to break the things that we're addicted to because Scripture says we are already broken from it. We just got to let go of it now. We've got to prepare our minds for action. Rather, it is if you're trying to quit smoking, trying to quit um, eating, whatever it is, overeating, whatever it is, you got to prepare your mind. It's kind of like when people work out or those bodybuilders, they, um, they prepare their meals for the whole week and the whole day so that when they're on the go and all of a sudden it's time to eat, they don't have to stop at McDonald's and eat extra carbs that they don't want to eat. They have already prepared an action plan, a meal that they can eat. So we need to prepare for action ahead of time so that we don't go slipping back to our old desires, which God calls selfish. Aaron, come on up here. You're getting picked on today. Because I know because we were kind of matching, kind of. We're in red. I almost wore my tan pants too. Will you hold this for me? Will you hold this for me? Thank you. Um, let's see, what else do I want you to hold? Why not hold this too? Uh, Amy, you left your drink on stage, so he's holding that too. You can take a sip if you really want to. Um, who's, let's see here. We'll take, give you some sticks. Will you hold those? Thank you. Oh, here, I got you. Having a hard time juggling things. Oh, <laughs> man, this next one's going to be hard, so you better get this. Here, here, don't move, don't move. Don't move, don't move. Don't move, we got this. Don't move now. If this drops, it's all right. All right. So Aaron has a lot of things. There is a picture for you to take, Karina. Right there, there's your picture. Bam. Um, Aaron is holding a lot of things. He has a lot of things he's juggling. You better be careful now, look. And all of a sudden, God wants to give us something. Hey, Seth, will you come here? I had Seth pick me up a delicious donut, which 
Seth is visiting us today. How awesome is that? I love you, Seth. Right? God has, he has awesome blessings for us. Seth, you get to be God. We hand that to Aaron. Oh, you can't take it. Oh, it's bummer. You can't have this. He can't have it because he is not willing to let go what's in his life. You can put that stuff down. You want me to help you? Here. So we got to be willing to let go of things in our lives in order so that God can bless us with the things that he wants to bless us with. The reason why we don't have a lot of blessing in it, we, we wonder, God, why am I not being financially blessed? Well, are you holding on to your finances? Are you not putting God first like Amy was talking about? Are you, you rather buy the next cool video game? You rather have the, the next best tool or whatever that thing that you love to have? You rather spend your money on that than giving it to God instead of putting God first. If you're willing to let go, God's going to bless you with more in your life. And I'm going to close with this. So if I can have the worship team come up. What happens if you don't change? What happens if you don't change? Titus, chapter 1, 15 through 16. Everything is pure to those whose hearts are pure, but nothing is pure to those who are corrupt and unbelieving because their minds and consciousness are corrupt. Such people claim they know God, but they deny him by the, by the way they live. They are detestable and disobedient, worthless for doing anything good. God calls people who only speak Christian, if you will, and don't act Christian, worthless, disobedient. A lot of times, you know, hopefully none of you, but we all have something in our lives. I know it because I have tons of things in my life that I'm still dealing with. And... Sometimes we say a certain thing or we know. Here, let me use an example in the Bible. James chapter 2, verse 14, it says, What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, sisters, if you have faith but don't show it by your action? Can that kind of faith save anyone? The Pharisees, Jesus called the Pharisees hypocrites. He said, do what they say, but don't do what they do. Matthew chapter 23, 1-3, it says, Then Jesus said to the crowds and his disciples, the teachers of the religious law and the Pharisees, and all the official interpreters of the law of Moses, so practice and obey whatever they tell you, but don't follow their examples, for they don't practice what they preach. Matthew 23, 5-7, everything they do is for show. On their arms, they wear extra-wide prayer boxes with scripture verses inside, and they wear robes with extra-long tassels. They love to sit at the head table at banquets and in the seats of honor in the synagogues. They love to receive respectful greetings as they walk in the marketplace and to be called rabbi. The reason why Jesus called them hypocrites because they only said certain things. They only did it for show. And sometimes, and there's probably stuff in every one of our lives that we just do, or we, maybe we come here and we say we're Christian, we worship God here, 
But once we go out into the world, out of these four walls, we don't act like it. We act like the world. It's either differentiate or die. That's what God is calling us to, to be different, to be, to change. Um, I heard a teaching by Pastor Dave Williams on orthodox and the word practodox, which I'm pretty sure he made that word up because I have yet to find it. But orthodox, which comes from orthodontis, means straighten, right? Straighten teeth. Dox is, means doctrine. So orthodox means to have straight doctrine. A lot of us here in church, we have straight doctrine, but we don't have, as Pastor Dave says, practodox, which is putting the doctrine to practice. We come to church, learn about God, hear the message, but yet we don't change the things that God has called us to change. We go back into the world, we go back into our jobs, and keep doing the same thing that we always do every week without change, even though God has called us to change, called us to action. Proverbs 4, 4 says, My father taught me, take my words to heart, follow my commands, and you will live. I think sometimes our problem is is we're ashamed of the things we're dealing with, and that's why we give excuses to the things that God has called us to. It's one of the things I actually have tattooed on me is Romans 1, 16. It says, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power to save lives. To not be ashamed means you're not going to, when God tells you some, something, if he tells you to go pray for someone, you're not going to shy back. You're not going to be ashamed because it is the power, because it's only by the power of Christ Jesus in our lives that change is going to happen, that revival is going to break out all around us. And it's only by the power of Christ. And it starts with not being ashamed, giving up the excuses in our lives, stop procrastinating on the things that God has told us to do, and start acting upon it. And this is my last scripture for you guys. And this is why we're going to do worship again. Probably should turn this so you guys don't get distracted by the donor. Matthew chapter 1, verse 3. One of the most boring verses of all. I'm not even going to lie. And I'll read it to you and you'll agree with me. Judah was the father of Prezer and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar. Prezer was the father of Hezron. Hezron was the father of Ram. Boring, right? that one of those scripture verses that we skip. But check this out. If you were to look into the Greek and study that verse out, Judah means praise. Preserve means breakthrough. So praise is the father of breakthrough. That's what that t verse is talking about. So right now, some of you guys have either something you're holding on to still, or maybe you don't have a relationship with Christ. I'm not gonna have you guys say a message if you wanna accept Christ. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna have everyone that's has something that they're holding on to and they want to let go, come up here and really truly worship because in worship, that's where our breakthrough is. I'm not going to lie, I seen you guys earlier trying to worship. Amy had, was at the end, she sang the verse, she's like, everybody sing with me. And no, it was like, Amy, I heard me like two people. I think I heard your voice, Jessica. Props. If you want true breakthrough, stop worrying about everyone around you. Just come up here and worship God and tell God I'm going to let go. So drop that thing that you're addicted to still because it's, you're already broken from it. You just got to let go of it. 
So this altar up here is a place of change where you can drop it and give God worship through breakthrough. So I'm challenging you guys right now, we're going to at least do one song to come forward. If you want change to happen in your life, if you want revival to break out, come forward. If it helps, I'm already up here, so that means I'll sit down real fast because I'm coming up too. I'm coming up as well with you guys because we all need change in our lives.
Father, Lord, thank you for this time together, Father. Thank you, Father, Lord, that we just had a chance, Lord, to allow you to change us, Lord, to allow breakthrough to happen in our lives, Father. Thank you, Lord, that as we go out today, Lord, that we'll act upon those things that you tell us, Lord, that you won't, we won't give you an excuse, we won't procrastinate, but we're going to act immediately on obedience, Father, that we're just going to, if you tell us to pray for someone, we're going to pray for that person, Lord, because through that, through that obedience, Lord, that's when revival will happen around us and in us, Father. Thank you, Lord, for today, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.